Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game, and occasionally an Intellivision game, and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 231. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. As with me as always today is Henry. Hi, Henry. Hi. We are recording today on Father's Day. It's a week out from Father's Day as you're hearing this. So, uh, you know, happy belated Father's Day to all you dads out there. And uh, I hope that you have, by now, if you forgot to call your father on Father's Day, I hope you have done so by now. Call your father. Call your father, for goodness sakes. Even Henry says so. What's new, Henry? Mm. Nothing? Uh, um, I'm adding, there's going to be a new artwork up on the store. Really? You got um, some new stuff? Either later today or tomorrow. Oh, okay. This is news to me. And also, the coloring book is going to be... Oh, yeah. We keep promising to do that. Maybe we can get that done today. So both of them are going to be up either later today or tomorrow. All right. We'll work on that. Um, Later today, today that we're recording it, or the day after that we're recording it. Also, uh, since we're talking about things that we have promised and not fulfilled... Uh, last week on the show, we promised that the Patreon uh, folks, some of the Patreon folks, would get access to new video of our field reports. But as I'm recording this episode, that hasn't happened yet. I've run into some technical issues. Hopefully, by the time you're hearing this episode, we haven't figured out how to. Yeah, I'm how not to upload them to the Patreon. I, I'm not a luddite by any means, but I'm not a, a technology expert either. So, frankly, we haven't figured out how to do it yet. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this, the field report for episode 230 and the one for this episode will be up there for the and, Patreon folks. And if we don't have and if we don't have it up by the time you're hearing this, help us and tell us <laughs> what. Yeah, give us some suggestions uh, on on how you might like to. That's actually not a bad idea. What is the best way that you guys would like to access? It's through the Patreon. You have to be a, a Patreon subscriber. At the $3 per month level. That's all we're asking for. All right. We got some feedback to the last episode this week on the Facebook. Responding to episode 230, Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack. Clinton Davies wrote, I'm a rabid, I assume he means rabid, or rabid, I don't know, blackjack fan. I like this version a lot. Had trouble with the controls a bit. Thanks for uh, the feedback. First of all, Clinton, speaking of blackjack, Henry has become a blackjack monster. Last night we played a bunch of blackjack. I don't know if I should be you know, discussing how much my kid likes gambling now, but... Um, we I play- didn't play blackjack. I was a dealer for blackjack. Yeah, so he was the dealer for a blackjack game for the family last night. Uh, a fine, wholesome activity for us to uh, gather around and do. So that was fun. Uh, as far as the controls on the uh, Intellivision blackjack, what, what did you think when it we played that last week? Good. Yeah? You thought the controls handled okay? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the button, having to find the right buttons and stuff takes some getting used to for any of the Intellivision games. But I also was, I'm not a big poker, blackjack person in general, but as those things go, I thought the the uh, game we played last week was pretty fun too. So I, I agree with you, Clinton. Good game, uh, and thanks for the feedback. What else? Speaking of the Facebook, I got a Facebook like from Daniel Kitchen. That was pretty cool. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, in other video game news... Billy Mitchell got his Donkey Kong Guinness World Records uh, reinstated. I don't know all the ins and outs of that whole thing. Wait, um, what did he break to, the world record of? What was the world so, record? a guy named Billy Mitchell had set a record high score 
on the arcade version of Donkey Kong. Oh, was it his high score? I knew you were going to ask me that. I don't know offhand, but he said it a long time ago. But there was some complaint complaining that he had cheated somehow, and I don't know all the details of how that is. So his world records were taken away. But now um, some new analysis apparently has convinced Guinness that he didn't cheat, and they gave him his records back. I'm commenting only on it only because it's obviously it's a huge deal in the video game world. Um, I'm going to be totally honest here. It's not a huge deal for me personally. Um, I don't really follow the world record video game score thing. I don't really worry about setting world records, clearly, because I'm not very good at these games. It's just not a huge deal for me. So uh, I guess I'm happy for him. If he didn't cheat, you know, he shouldn't have been accused, and he should he should get his records back. And I'm not qualified to say whether he did or not. So, uh, yay, Billy Mitchell, I guess. And now, hopefully, everyone can just settle down, because um, the energy expended on this topic, uh, it seems to me, over the years, has been maybe misdirected. Could could be funneled somewhere else more productive. So, there you go. All right. Should we get on to this week's game, Henry? Yeah. This week's game is... Imagic experts have just created four new games for the Intellivision system. But beware, Imagic's demon attack will destroy you. Atlantis will send you to a watery grave. Microsurgeon will put you in the hospital. And Beauty and the Beast will push you right over the edge. Imagic for Intellivision, created by experts for experts. Beauty and the Beast for the Intellivision from iMagic, or I think I heard somewhere it's eMagic? I'm not sure. 1982. That's right, this is our final Intellivision game for Intellivision Month 2020, and it's an interesting one, so uh, let's get into it. First of all, we'll say right off the top, I think Henry was expecting, am I right here, Henry? You were basically expecting Beauty and the Beast like the Disney movie. In a video game. More or less. More or less. That's what Henry was expecting. That's not what this game is. It is, Henry summed it up perfectly right. It is basically Donkey Kong. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, essentially this is Donkey Kong in just a different setting. We get a little uh, setup here in the manual. Bashful Buford to the rescue, which is a dumb name, by the way. I think we can all agree on that. Horrible Hank has taken his tiny Mabel. Wow, there's a plethora of dumb names in this game. Horrible Hank has taken his tiny, tiny Mabel, sweetest girl in three countries, three counties, excuse me. That horrible Hank, he's something. Drinks alligator blood, yikes, like most folks drink water. Crushes cars with one punch. Your tar, best smile and pay your premiums. This is a really weird setup to this game. When Horrible Hank speaks, grown men faint. Paint peels off the walls. Nobody messes with Horrible Hank. Nobody, that is, until now. Help Buford better that beast. He's got to climb up through open windows. That old mutton building is rife with bats and rats and birds. They really should call an exterminator. Buford has to leap and lunge out of their way. Horrible Hank throws his boulder balls. They couldn't really just... They couldn't just say boulders? Or balls, for that matter? No, they are boulder balls. Some break. Buford has to be has to beware of being beaned by them. It's just too awful, but he's got to save his Mabel. She sends his heart out to him, sweet thing that she is. When he catches her encouragement, he's a new man. Why, he absolutely glows. 
For a little while, nothing can stop him. Buford needs all the help you can lend him. Take care. Take good care now, you hear? Alright, so, you insert your cartridge into the right side of the unit. You can try and insert it into the top of the unit, but you're not going to get very far. Turn the power on. The old mutton building appears on the screen to begin. Oh, we, we should mention the lovely music you're going to hear later in the uh, field report. To begin the action, press any side button, keypad button, or the disc. Horrible Hank, Tiny Mabel, and Bashful Buford appear on the screen. To begin action again at any point during play, press reset button. To pause the action at any point during play, press the keypad numbers 1 and 9, or 3 and 7. When you can't see the keypad number. Which Henry pointed out, because there are overlays for this, although as I look at them, you, you really don't, don't need, need them. them. Yeah, you don't really don't need them. All they're really telling you in the overlays is that you press the side buttons to jump and you press the disc to move your player. So yeah, the, the overlays are kind of pointless. But that doesn't mean they don't devote a whole half a page to showing you how to put the overlay into the controller. The objective is to earn the highest number of points you can. Duh. Climb to the top of each section of the building by helping Buford crawl up through open windows. Avoid all obstacles unless Buford touches a heart. Then tackle every boulder bird, bat, and rat you can while Buford glows. The birds, by the way, look like to me like paper airplanes. They do. Complete as many buildings as humanly possible. Game ends when Buford runs out of chances, and then you can try again. One player aids Buford in his strenuous quest. He can't manage without you. Buford starts with three chances to reach Horrible Hank and Tiny Mabel. He loses a chance when an obstacle hits him or he falls. Buford can gain up to six chances. If he reaches Horrible Hank and Tiny Mabel, he gets an extra chance every other time he reaches them. On the first five buildings, he climbs. A total of five bonus chances per building is possible. Beginning with the sixth building, chances are fewer and farther between. He earns an extra chance every fourth time he reaches Horrible Hank and Tiny Mabel. Two bonus chances per building are possible. Basically, you move across the ledges, you look for open windows to climb up to move... Buford left, press the left edge of the disc to move him right. You press the right edge of the disc to make him stop. Take your hand off the disc. When you find an open window, boost him up through it. He'll reach the next floor. To move Buford up, press the top of the disc. To move him down, press the bottom of the disc. Only one window will open at any one time on a floor. Buford must be directly in front of an open window to climb up. Must be directly over a window in order to descend. Careful, if a window closes while he's going through it, he'll fall to the bottom of the section of the building he's currently, currently climbing. Buford can pause between floors while climbing. Basically, just take your finger off the disc. So, the obstacles are boulders, bats, rats, and birds. If any critter or boulder touches him, you fall to the bottom of the section of the building you're climbing, and you lose precious chances to save Mabel. When a boulder hits a bumper, it can roll... Each ledge has three bumpers, and when a, bump, when a boulder hits a bumper, it can roll in the opposite direction or fall to the floor below. When the boulders fall, some break in two. Buford has got to keep him, keep his wits about him. Race to find the two areas of the ledges where birds and bats will fly over him. If you're in the middle of the ledge, you can climb up or climb down through an open window in order to avoid the obstacles. In the middle of the manual, we have this lovely early 80s uh, colorful artwork of, what's that guy's name? Buford? Hort, no, Horrible Hank. Basically, uh, he looks like Hagrid, basically holding tiny Mabel in his giant hand. Then you have some nerd climbing upside up the building who does not, to me, sound, look like a guy named Buford. He looks mm -hmm. like the guy who sells you your insurance, basically. We see the skyline. Uh, 
some buildings, one of them labeled eMagic, which is cool. One of them's a hotel. Off in the distance, we see a farm and a rainbow overhead. Yeah, it's all very early 80s. I'll bet you somebody has a print of this on their wall somewhere. When Mabel sends out one of her hearts, you hear their song when Buford catches it. When you catch a heart, you earn 50 points. You glow for a little bit and become invincible. It's kind of like a power pellet in Pac-Man. You earn 50 points for every boulder you squash, rat you stomp, bird you batter, or bat you bop while you're glowing. A complete building consists of 11 sections of four floors each. Each time you get near enough to touch Horrible Hank and Tiny Mabel, Horrible Hank carries her higher until they reach the top because he's a jerk. Basho Buford gets near Horrible Hank and Tiny Mabel and you get 100 points. The building gets narrower as you climb towards the top. Careful those ledges get mighty skimpy. When Buford succeeds in climbing the section of floor he's scaling, the screen shifts to an overview of the Mutton Building, courtesy of station TWID. All right. The building is tinted red to show how high you have climbed. The number of complete buildings Buford has conquered appears at the lower right of the screen. Your score appears at the upper right of the screen. The little blue figures on the lower left show how many chances Buford has remaining. A biplane buzzes by and tells you how you and Buford are doing. It'll say things like, well done, or not bad, or good job, stuff like that. When Buford reaches the top of the building, it'll be completely red. You get 500 points. Horrible Hank drops like a rock to the bottom of the building. And judging by his size in that drawing that I described to you, I'm guessing when he falls, he uh, sets off a massive earthquake that levels the, ceiling, uh, the city and kills everybody. But that's just me speculating. Horrible Hank drops like a rock. Mabel, Tiny Mabel and her hero wave. The biplane flies past and carries them to safety. Once they take off, the building returns to its original color. Tips. Don't let Buford linger under bumpers. A boulder may bash him. Bad news. Hurry up. The longer Buford takes, the more obstacles he'll encounter. Those might not be the greatest tips ever. And that is how you play... What's it called? Beauty and the Beast. In the back, there's a page where you can order overlay keypad replacements, which I had to do. Not using this order form, but I did have to order replacement overlays. Let's see. eMagic in 1982 was, was charging $1.50 for a set of two, and it only uh, guaranteeing four to six weeks for delivery. I paid $1.25 a piece. I paid $2.50 for two, I think, but I got them in about a week. So there you go. Oh, and actually, this is an order form for several overlays for several different games. Demon Attack, Atlantis, Beauty and the Beast, Microsurgeon, and Swords and Serpents. Never played Microsurgeon. That sounds cool. If anyone knows anything about Microsurgeon, what the heck, uh, contact us in one of the various ways you can do that, and let us know what's up with Microsurgeon. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast all about life lessons growing up and every episode a segment about music music that i love artists that i admire and sometimes even my own music you can find autobiography of a schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers or you can go to schnookpodcast.com that's s-c-h-n-o-o-k podcast.com and I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. 
Our friends at Wikipedia tell us that this game was released on December 31st, 1982, which seems like an odd time to release a video game. Uh, but there you go. Because right after Christmas, I don't know why you would release it then. But anyway. The very first paragraph of the Wikipedia article tells us that it is a one-player game with a concept similar to Nintendo's Donkey Kong. In How to Win at Home Video Games, the reviewer notes, quote, Beauty and the Beast is actually iMagic's answer to Donkey Kong's theme, Climb the Building to Save the Girl. Surprising, however, it's a beauty of a game that we recommend to video beasts of all skill levels. NTV Funhouse agrees that Donkey Kong on Intelli- that this game is what Donkey Kong on Intellivision could have been like. We find out just how good Disney or Donkey Kong could have been. Uh, they note, as I did in the field report, borrowing an idea from Popeye, Mabel shows her love by casting hearts to you. Unlike Popeye, you don't need to collect these to move to the next level. Instead, they briefly make you invulnerable to the various obstacles you face. Okay, so they act like the hammer in Donkey Kong. The graphics are average for an e-magic game, making them above average for the Intellivision, and this is one of the few e-magic games with, mu- with music in it. Probably the most famous feature is the airplane that pulls, banner, pulls a banner bearing a message to you after you complete each level. Sometimes it's encouraging, great job, other times a bit of a challenge to your gaming skills lucky. This is a really fun game, they say. Then they have a deep analysis of the various screens and whatnot, the manual. So it's an interesting article. Go check it out. Winning screen Easter egg. During the game, climb to the top of the building and while horrible Hank is falling, press number three on the right controller and you see, spoilers here, an Easter egg with the programmer's initials uh, appearing on the building. WB for Wendell Brown. We are in no danger of getting to the winning screen on this game, at least not right away. TVTropes.org also weighed in on Beauty and the Beast for the Intellivision. They note, as we did, if it isn't clear already, this is not based on the classic fairy tale, nor its Disney adaptation. Then they have this weird breakdown of things that this game provides examples of, including alliterative names, Bashful Buford and Horrible Hank, a bit bad, Horrible Hank, who has kidnapped Tiny Mabel, collision damage, Bashful Buford received damage from touching rats or birds. Damsel in distress. Tiny Mabel trapped within Horrible Hank's grip. Endless game. Once you get to the top of the building, Horrible Hank falls off and the game repeats itself. XP, E-X-P-Y. Horrible Hank is obviously a human-looking Donkey Kong. Invincibility power-up. Hearts thrown to Buford by Tiny Mabel briefly render him invisible. It says invisible. I assume it's supposed to be invincible. I mean... Maybe it's like Pac-Man, or maybe it's like Pac-Man. If you get a heart, you go, like, invisible or something, and and everything you touch, you're like, and everything you touch, you're like, in Pac-Man, eat, and then you get points. Maybe. All right. Well, after the break, uh, say something funny, Henry. Funny. There's something funny. Something funny. Some shows give you beauty, some shows give you the beast, this show, you get both. That's how much we love you. This week we're playing Beauty and the Beast, that's what the box looks like, can we see that? It's the iMagic game of both beauty and, uh, beast dumb. Yeah, anyway, so let's play. Buckle up, because the opening music really annoying. Thank <laughs> you.
So this is the title screen, uh, Beauty and the Beast by iMagic. Beauty and the Beast, more like King Kong, or Donkey Kong. Yeah. It's literally in, it's literally an iMagic version of Donkey Kong. That's it kind of is. Uh, there's a little more climbing. I, I guess you're climbing instead of going up ladders, so really it's not all that different. Uh, but you're right. Uh, the hearts make me think of Pac-Man, or not Pac-Man, Popeye. I got hit in the face with a paper airplane, as one does. I assume it's supposed to be a bird. It looked like a paper airplane to me. Man, I just got the bubonic plague. That was fun. But yeah, this is... Well, that was impressive. Let's try again. Sometimes it's hard to talk and play at the same time. I am invincible! Hey, I was invincible! Boom! Good job! I got a good job! This is level 2, which looks a lot like level 1. I just noticed the uh, building turns gradually red. Talked about that later. I uh, got 500 points. Uh, game over, man. My high score is 1,200. You got 1,200? Yeah. Even though you only played it like once? Yeah. Nice. I feel inferior now. And on that note, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8 bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks.
So here's the thing about Beauty and the Beast. Henry, do we like Beauty and the Beast? Henry was not a fan of this game. What don't you like about this game, Henry? That it's a whole that it's multiple games that are nothing like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Henry, I think was really hoping for basically the Disney movie in video game form. Okay, that's what anyone would think if they see that game. Well, here let's look. When did Disney's Beauty and the Beast come out? That sounds a little early. I'm not sure it even what existed then. What? What date did it come out? That's what I'm looking. Uh, no, what date did the game come out? December 31st, 1982. Clearly you were not paying attention earlier when I said that. The Disney adaptation of Beauty and the Beast was released on November 22nd, 1991. The Beauty and the Beast fairy tale, though, is a lot older than that. Like, really old. So the fairy tale was... was the fairy tale was was um, literally before they made the game. Oh, definitely. It's a fairy tale written by... Here's me passing off internet knowledge as if it's my own. It's a fairy tale written by French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne Bardot de Villeneuve and published in 1740 in Le Jeune Américain at Los Contes Marines. My flawless French pronunciation there. So yeah, the Beauty and the Beast fairy tale, really old. So the, so the people who made the Beauty and the Beast television game should have, should yeah. have known what Beauty and the Beast is. Right. So I'm going to guess without reading the fairy tale that the Beauty and the Beast video game has nothing to do with the fairy tale either. They just like the name Beauty and the Beast is my guess. I, on the other hand, I actually kind of like this game. It is pretty much just Donkey Kong. I think it's kind of fun. I like the little biplane flying in between the levels and, and basically being snarky at you. That's kind of fun too. So I would play this some more. I don't think Henry probably would, but that's okay. As always, if you guys have thoughts about Beauty and the Beast, any of the versions for that matter, hit us up in the various ways that you can do that. Now it's time to play our ongoing segment. What game is Henry playing while podcasting about a different game? Still playing the farming simulator, huh? Yeah. How's it going today? Good. I think you said earlier you need a new tractor or something? Combine. Combine. Henry needs a new combine, but, you know, you need money to do that. So, oh well. I guess you'll have to muddle through with your old combine. Mm -hmm. the, the real money that I need is to buy a new seed machine that plants the seed in the ground. Oh, a planter? You need a planter too? Jeez, you're just hurting for all sorts of stuff. It's rough to be a virtual farmer, I guess. Is it just wheat that you plant? No. Corn? Yeah. Ah. Uh, cool. Well, you know, thank you for being a virtual farmer. We need more of you. This has been, what game is Henry playing while we podcast about a different game? And here's the part where I once again put out the call. We need a jingle for this. Uh, segment, some sort of sting, some sort of something. So any of you musical types, send us something. Yeah. To unlock the sewing machine, the other sewing machines I have, there's a, there's a family payment method. There's a what now? There's a family payment method to unlock the new so the sewing machines. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. And you have to sign up to Google Play. Yeah, we like video games where you don't have to use real money.
It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. Henry, do you have a story this week? No. All right, I do. This week's story is titled Quarantine's Monster, a bad poetry corner haiku off. They sit, the man and the woman, looking at their phones. A pandemic has been declared. What's that? Oh, here it is. The woman scrolls briefly through the more or less unbiased news article. She summarizes for the man, who is borderline disinterested. They are clean, well-pressed, enjoying expensive coffee beverages in a crowded marketplace. Their bag overflows with stuff they don't really need and mostly barely want. They went out and got it because they can go out and get it. The man tugs at a tangle of chestnut hair. Really need a haircut, he mutters not looking up from his phone. The woman coughs. She's been meaning to make an appointment with the doctor. Probably just a cold. Seasonal allergies, maybe. Across the food court, between the mango vendor and the booth hawking press-on fingernails, the woman sees a very familiar couple. The couple glares at the woman so intently, the woman jabs her boyfriend. Hey, she says, they're staring at us. Huh? The man says, glancing up finally. Hey, dude, she says, they look like us. The couple at that faraway table do, in fact, look like Brent and Colleen, the names of our heroes from the before times. The man at the other table has a patchy growth of beard, hair down to his shoulders, and a slight tremor in his hand as he raises a pint to Brent and Colleen. The woman who looks like Colleen seems to have applied her makeup with a trowel, still failing to cover the circles under her eyes. Both people are pale and awkward looking. Their clothes are wrinkled and probably smell. Colleen breaks her gaze finally weird, she says, and goes back to reading about the pandemic. Then the haikuing starts, as it does. Probably not bad. So a few sick, then better. Still, I have a job. At the faraway table, mirror dimension Colleen and Brent smirk. Man, you don't know, we're screwed seven ways till Sunday. Innocence will kill. Brent takes a huge bite of blueberry scone, gestures to something on his phone, and shows Colleen. For the moment, they are willfully taking little notice of future them. This thing will give time. Paint. Build. Craft. Add a rec room. Feathering our nest. Alternate Brent stands and starts to take off his pants to show their pre-pandemic selves his soldering mishap. But alternate Colleen puts a three-fingered, restraining hand on what's left of Brent's knee. Online drill orders. Discount coded death boxes. Three-eighths drill bit stress. Brent asks Colleen about stopping at the fudge shop. How can you think about fudge right now? Colleen asks. I like fudge, Brent pouts. Then he brightens up at another strategy, as another strategy takes shape. You know, we promised the kids. Well, they could use a treat, I guess, Colleen says. I mean, since we won't let them out of the house for a week or so... While the pandemic blows over, family time is here. Homeschool, board games, sing-alongs, online swim classes. Alternate Colleen's eye twitch betrays her. Brent pees a little when a group of kids run by. Family time, landmines. Don't look, don't say. Live to fight, another day, duck. Suddenly Brent is seized by an intense round of googling. Finally, he shows his phone to Colleen who nods enthusiastically. Sourdough starter. 
learn French, wrap self in plastic, weave a teal throw rug, alternate Brent and Toline pop an antacid cocktail with a Pepto and vermouth chaser, have a pastry brick, who knew pie, cake, rolls, and bread had such low flashpoints? Ollie, Brent and Toline's half-lab, half-Irish wolfhound, half-schnauzer, half-chimpanzee, lopes up to Colleen for a gluten-free tofu squirrel-brain treat. The pets will love all the extra pandemic time with their humans. Yay, they're my humans. Scritch, scritches, fetches, non-stop fun. So tired, please leave. A growl from under alternate Brent and Colleen's table chills what's left of their souls. Did you hear that? God, I think he's in the hall. Shh. Why does he hate us? Colleen leans over and pats Brent on the arm. You know, she says, more home time could mean more, you know, time. Online model shipbuilding time? Did it. Every room. Chandelier held us. Yeehaw! Pandemic kinkfest. Alternate Brent reaches for the non-dairy creamer and brushes alternate Colleen's arm by accident. She recoils in revulsion. Bad breath held captive. Seriously. Whole house, dude. Pants off, dance off? Ugh. Well, anyway, Brent says, I'm fortunate to be a fortune-telling forensic accountant songwriter. I can do that anywhere. And I'm a belly-dancing sous-chef chemistry book editor. What are webcams for? Colleen agrees. Pajamas at work. Only good snacks in break room. Relaxed. Productive. Alternate Brent is distracted, filling out his unemployment application. Alternate Colleen is screaming obscenities into her phone at their internet provider. They fired my ass. Out of work, sight, out of mind. Well, who needs money? The smiles on the determined faces of Brent and Colleen falter just a bit. They exchange a look. Maybe the pandemic thing won't be such a non-walk in a non-park. Unite against foe, and the world comes together. We will be as one. Alternate Colleen and Brent guffaw at this. A green-toothed smile cracking their stoic features for the first time today. Seriously? Us? World can't agree on squat. Even toddler whine about masks. Brent and Colleen let this sink in. They drain their coffee cups, stand and go over to the alternate Brent and Colleen's table. They sit, and the four of them, not social distancing, fight the virus with round after round of tequila shooters. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the End of the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks, as always, to Henry for hanging out. Thanks, Henry. Yeah. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Comptech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. The review itself can be a beauty or a beast, so long as you give it five stars. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. 
And don't forget, you can call and leave us a voicemail too, 563-265-1978. Call and tell us about pretty much anything you want. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, for information and links about this show, or about It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, about books that I've written, all sorts of stuff, all there in one place. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes pod, uh, Patreon page. Um, you can get episodes early, you can get bonus content, including, someday, video of our field reports. All sorts of cool things if you subscribe through the Patreon. Thanks in advance. You can be like Michael Tyler and Jose Caseda and Sean Courtney and Aerospike uh, if you do. And you know you want to be like those guys. So go sign up. You can still get books and mugs. Go play some old games. They've missed you stuff over there at the Zazzle.com store. AB underscore pod underscore store. If you are so inclined to do such a thing. All right. Anything else before we uh, tell them what's next week, Henry? Mm. All right, Intellivision Month has drawn to a close now. Uh, we put the Intellivision away in mothballs, I guess, because that's a thing you do when you put things away. And we, we're back to the Atari. Next week we're playing Crackpots, which is a game I could have sworn I've played before on the show. But I looked the other day, I think, and I didn't see it. So we're playing it next week, and that should be a good time. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.